Okay, I'd like to greet everyone to Strongsville Christian Church. Today's message is, it's easier to serve God, right? It's easier to serve God. This is what I want to leave with you, is it's easier to serve God. Welcome everyone to Strongsville Christian Church. Today's message is, it's easier to serve God. How many by a show of hands have heard the scripture, all those who live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. Raise your hand if you've heard that scripture. Okay. How many know that's not the only verse in the Bible? <laughs> right? That's not the only scripture. Because if it was, I'm not going to keep holding my Bible up because I do that and then it takes me an hour to reorganize uh, it. I have it all situated. But imagine I'm holding up my Bible. It would be a lot thinner if there was just one scripture. Right? Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. How many of you know that's not the only Bible verse in the Bible? Why am I emphasizing in this? Is because it is a trend within us Christians, and I don't care what denomination, we have a tendency to over exaggerate. The tribulation, the suffering, the trials, the challenges, we tend to overemphasize on that as if it's easier to not serve God. And I got to tell you, I have served Satan. Amen. I have served Satan, and it is a lot harder. Now, when I say I've served Satan, I don't mean like I was a Satanist. Let me qualify that. When I served Satan, ironically, I didn't believe that Satan was real. And now that I believe Satan is real, I serve God. You see, there are a lot of people that don't believe in Satan, but without them believing him, they're serving the one that they don't believe in. Because he wants you to not believe that he is real so that he can control and get you to serve him. And I got to tell you, since I've been serving God, life has not been peaches, rainbows, and butterflies. There has been a lot of trials and challenges. Since I've been pastoring, it has not always been easy to be a pastor. There have been a lot of challenges financially, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, academically. I asked the pastor. been a lot of challenges but 
It's easier to serve God. Way easier. How many, by show of hands, how many seen the movie or read the book or know of uh, Pilgrim's Progress? Raise your hand. All right. The rest of you, that's okay. How many have seen this picture before? It's cute. How many have seen it on Facebook? Okay. Raise your hand if you've seen it, though. You're aware of this. Okay. Like quarter, half of you. So this, this is a cute idea. And it's, I'm not going to say it's like totally wrong. But it's totally wrong. Look at this right here. My plan. The easy route. And then his, God's plan is the hard route. Right? God just wants to take you down the hard road. Think about that for a second. Do you really believe that your plan is easier than God's plan. My plan, the easy route, and God's plan is going to take you down all this stuff. We, we have to look at our walk with God as a relationship. And I don't care how you look at it in the relationship, whether it's your husband and your wife, your husband and wife, you know, Jesus and the church. Or a father and a mother and their children, right? Sister Nancy, how far did it take you guys to get here? 40? Okay, your, your daughter next to you, did she walk here? So you drove the car and you let her go in the car with you. So you didn't just say, all right, Sophia, I love you, but I'm going to make you take the hard road to church. This is a token of my love for you, Sophia. And I'm going to display my love while I take the car, I'm going to have you walk 40 miles to church. Why do we paint that picture that God is doing to that? Is it possibly that it's the devil's plan to make us go through this? If you look at the Israelites... That took 40 years and 40 years to take what would have been 11 day journey. And, and I'm not saying that there's another, no, there's never times where God brings you down a road that's challenging. But even that time that he brings you down a road that's challenging, had you have not done it, it would be more challenging. Like, I'll just give you an example of that. 
And I, please don't judge me. I am your pastor. Okay? Don't judge me. How many like this building? Like you just, you know, it's a nice looking building, right? Okay. That was not my plan. I'm telling, as deacon, as my wife, we would be rocking Pentecostal, Holy Ghost, fire baptized services with dead birds falling on us in the ceiling, right? Corrupt, corroded, unsanitary, possibly unsafe, hazardous bathrooms if it had been my plan. Not that I don't want you guys to enjoy a nice facility, but financially and energized-wise, we just wanted to open up and use the building as is. They kept stringing me along, saying that we had to complete the whole thing until we opened up. I didn't know that that was going to happen. Even my architect didn't tell me that. The, uh, even the building commissioner, the head building commissioner of Strongsville, did not present that story to me initially. I almost feel like they wanted to lure me into the project and then kind of drop it on me. Sometimes God will lure you into the project and not tell you all that's detailed, but just to, not to discourage you that his strength is sufficient. And that if he had told you all of it, you might say, Lord, this is not your will. But I want us, I really want to leave you with this, folks. Don't for a second ever believe that God's plan is harder than your plan. That is just not true. In fact, every time I disobeyed God, life turned out like this. When God was telling me to stay straight on the path and I deviated, it got harder. Now, that pilgrim's progress... I could just tell you the whole movie. It's a real simple concept. Brother Norm, do you know that one by chance? Pilgrim's Progress? I knew, Elder, I knew you would know it, but I figured Norm might know it. Pilgrim's Progress is a very old, very possibly one of the oldest Christian-oriented uh, books. And basically, the concept of Pilgrim's progress was that he needed to stay on the path. And there were all these things that would get, and the path wasn't easy. But every time he deviated from the path, it just got so much harder. And you see, from deviating from the path that God has for you does not shorten the path that God has for you. You still have to get back on the path that God has for you. You just made it longer and harder. God's plan and my plan 
All right? I edited it. And I am going to post this on Facebook. Okay? Stop the lie. Sister Julie, get my back. Reshare this one. I'm going to post it. Reshare it. Amen? I'm going to post this on all my accounts. God's plan right here, that little simple, that little quick. Sister Rhonda, you share it too. Because I know you don't be sharing my posts. You too, Sister Reba. Calling everyone out. Amen. Deacon? <laughs> Deacon don't share nothing. No, actually, you know what? That's true. Actually, Deacon shares everything. I'm sorry, Deacon. Falsely accused. Deacon's probably the only one that shares everything. He shares more than my wife. Anyhow, this is what I'm going to post. Lord, don't let me forget. This is God's plan. God's plan is easier. Always remember that. It's easier than any other way. And it's best. It's best. Everything that God tells us to do, it's because it's what we need to do. Amen? Again, I would not have had this building looking in the condition that it is as it is now, but the Lord knew that that's what was best. That maybe if the ladies in the Strongsville Christian Church went into the bathroom and they were uh, fixing their hair and a dead bird fell on them, maybe it might discourage them from inviting their mother-in-law. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. But the Lord saw that. And he helped me out. Amen? Deacon, you remember the little uh, beaks and stuff falling on me when we were, oh. Like we were working on the insulation, and a little bird's beak would just fall on my shoulder. And I, you know, I'm kind of like a squirmy type of person when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, I eat KFC, bone in, but still, it's not the same. Sin sometimes provides temporary pleasure. And notice how I said sometimes. Sin does not always provide pleasure. Has anyone ever, not in this church, but those watching online or other churches, but has anyone ever did some type of sin, and after you did it, you're like, man, what did I get myself into? This is not for me. You know, of course, not in this church, but there have been times myself before I was saved, you know, I would I would start drinking alcohol. And before I know it, I found myself drunk and I'm like, man, this is not a good time. I was dizzy, thrown up all over the place, couldn't make it home. And, you know, and, and something that was supposed to provide pleasure ended up providing misery. How many of you know it's easier to serve God? Sin sometimes, and I'm not going to say sin never provided temporary pleasure. It can, doesn't always. But obeying God will always provide you joy. Amen. Every time. When you do what God told you to do, it brings you joy. Proverbs 13, 15 
Good understanding gives favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Amen? What is a transgressor? The reason why I got this picture up there is because of, if you look at what the word transgressor is, there's a difference between iniquity and transgressor. Does anybody know the, dis- the difference between the two? What's the difference between iniquity and transgressor? Sister Rhonda. They both could be sin. No. 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 (laughs) I'm not laughing at you guys. I'm just laughing at the fact that I gave a clue with the trespass. Transgressor is like trespassing, right? So transgressor means that you're, you're going beyond the boundaries. So God has boundaries for us to walk within. And when we walk outside of those boundaries, it's considered a transgression. Amen. So sin, we know what sin is. And iniquity just means like you're, you're sinning, right? A transgressor means you're going beyond the boundaries that is morally set for us, right? So God has boundaries for us. So trespassing is going beyond a boundary that you don't have authority. You're taking on a territory that God has not given you. You're going somewhere where God did not send you. You're doing something that God did not call you to do. It is a transgression. Amen? And so when you do that, there's sometimes things waiting outside of that boundary that would destroy you, which is why God sets the boundaries to protect you, to keep you from experiencing unnecessary tribulations such as a Doberman pincher, right? I almost bought a Doberman pincher, still debating over it. I like them, but I don't trust them, right? Deacon said, I ain't never coming over pastor's house. But I'm going to tell you, um, there was a lady that does the signs out in old Brooklyn on Pearl Road across from the library in Pearl and State. And she had um, this real sketchy garage door. Hear my words. Sketchy garage door, right? And I wanted to get a hold of her to do some work. She would do these signs for advertisement. And I went to knock on the garage door. And as I knocked on it, it like kind of caved in a little bit. Like it was like ready to fall apart. Real sketchy garage door. And as I did that, I didn't hear anything. Out of nowhere, there were three or four Doberman pinchers. They creeped up to the garage door real sneakily. 
and they all jumped against the garage door. I saw their, their fangs. And I saw their, 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 uh, their demon eyes looking at me. Right? And all three of these Dobermans were, man, they were like just put the fear of God. Barking and screaming. Just, they sound, Dobermans sound like the devil. Have you ever heard those things bark? They literally sound evil. Like they're not going to heaven. They said all dogs go to heaven. I don't, maybe not Dobermans, amen? That's why they're always the bad guy in the movie, right? You ever seen any of the movies? The Doberman is always, the, it's like a zombie. It's, it's something evil. The Snoop Dogg turns into the Doberman. Something, something evil turns into a Doberman. They're definitely not going to heaven, amen? The rest of the dogs are. But uh, that thing, I realized that I had no business on this lady's property, and I left. Amen? It's easier to serve God. You see, there are boundaries that God wants to keep us within so that we don't experience Dobermans. Amen. Luke 15, 13. It says, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to a citizen that, excuse me, he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs, and he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And you see, here this man was, in the presence of his father and his father's kingdom had everything to his disposal, living with all provisions taken care of for him. But for some reason, he lost contentment. He lost contentment. He become complacent, lukewarm. He stopped appreciating all the blessings that he had with his father and so that he thought that it would be easier or better to serve someone other than God and a lot of times there are Christians that they taste and see the goodness of God they experience miracles signs and wonders they they see the hand of God move in their life and for some reason they get this idea that that's not good enough for them, that they need something else, that they're still missing something from the world, that they're depriving themselves of what everyone else in the world is doing. And so they deviate from the plan that God has. They think that maybe it's not easier to serve God. They go astray. And they learn the hard way. 
Wisdom. Wisdom is avoiding the hard way. That's what wisdom is. Avoiding the hard way and doing it God's way. Let the church say. Every sin comes with life-threatening consequences, natural and spiritual. We are a church that we stress on the grace of God. We stress on the mercy of God. We stress on the love of God, the forgiveness of God. But we also stress on the holiness of God. Because we know that sin is what Jesus died for. Not so that we can continue within, but so that we could be forgiven, delivered, set free from the dangers of sin. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. See, you have to run from the preaching of those that tell you that we have to keep sinning. It is nowhere in the Bible that says we have to keep sinning. It is, however, in the Bible that says all have sinned and fallen short from the glory of God, but that does not mean that we need to stay in sin. That means we have to initially admit, admit or confess or repent of our sin in order to be forgiven of it. Amen? John 8, 4. They say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? You see, when you commit these type of sins, you open yourself up physically to a lot of diseases, right? There are certain sins that open you up to sickness. The Bible says in the communion scriptures that we read, for this cause, many are sick and afflicted. So there are certain things that we can do that bring things upon ourselves. Amen? So every sin comes with life-threatening spiritual and natural consequences. This lady committed one sin one time, and it could have costed her life. Some people can only drink and drive one time in life. How many know that I have strong ties to prison? By a show of hands. Show of hands. You know that I have strong ties to prison, right? I've done prison ministry for 20 years. I've met people who have only got drunk one time. 
and they killed someone the first time they got drunk. I've met them. Sweetest person. Like, you could tell they did not belong in prison. They didn't fit in. They didn't talk like someone from prison. They were educated. They had a good family. They were rich. They had a nice job. Well put together person. I know someone, I know someone personally that was watching pornography. All right? I know someone that was watching pornography. And they were a subject to a FBI sting operation. And they got felony one charges on them because they were caught in this sting operation by the FBI. And so what was happening is there were child pornography images that were fused into regular pornography. And there were spyware and um, hacking Basically, when they watched this pornography, it opened up the FBI to hack their computer for uh, child pornography charges. This person was not a pedophile. This person had nothing to do with children. But through watching regular, if there's such a thing, regular pornography, it opened them up. You see, and so, look, we can either choose to repent of sin or God can help us. And sometimes when God helps us, he allows things to happen. And you see, God doesn't have to cause anything. I I want you to know, when we talk about the sovereignty of God, he doesn't have to cause anything. The only thing God has to do is simply remove his protection. That's it. Do you understand? Every day we wake up is because of God's protection. If we sin, we can allow the enemy to come in to that protection and allow consequences that can permanently change our life. And so this person ended up opening a door and now he had to go through the federal court. He had to go to the federal court and had to clear his name from child pornography charges which his brother happened to be a paralegal and was able to help him. And he was ended up, they ended up uh, throw, dismissing the case and they let him go, but he was caught in it. And you see, so I want you to know, never minimize the severity of all sin. I don't care if it's lying, stealing, intoxication, lust, It doesn't matter. It all comes with consequences. God hates sin, 
Because sin is destructive. How many of you know it's easier to serve God? And I got to tell you, whatever we think is in sin is more in God. Whatever you think you can find in sin, you can find in God without the felony charges. Amen? Without having to get a lawyer. And you think of this woman that was caught in adultery. Had she had known that five minutes of pleasure would have caused her to be dragged out into the public, dragged out and embarrassed, shamed, ridiculed, threatened. They were going to stone her and take her life. Had she had known that a five-minute act was going to result in being dragged out in front of everyone, embarrassed, ridiculed, would she have done it? You see, the devil wants you to be blinded to the potential consequences, to keep thinking that because there has not yet been consequences, there never will be. Just because there's never been a judgment on the sin does not mean a judgment won't come, either in this life or in the next life to come. Delayed judgment is not denied judgment. Pastor, you preaching intense now. Why? Because I love you. That's why. Because I love you and I don't need to pity patty you. I don't need to romper room you because you're strong people. And this is a strong church. Amen. And Jesus said to her, and he was saying, where are your condemners? She, she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now look at the choice of words. If she had to keep sinning, listen to the choice of words. If she had to sin again, he wouldn't have told her, go and sin no more. He wouldn't have told her to do something that she did not have the power to do. He would not have sent her on a dummy mission. He only told her to go and sin no more because she had the power to sin no more. And he didn't want something worse to come upon you. The Bible talks about when one person has a demon cast out of them, that seven times more demons will come back. And the latter state of that person will be worse than the beginning. You see, it's easier to serve God. When we become a friend of God, we remain a servant of man. In John 15, 14, you are my friends 
Jesus said, you're my friend. Isn't that something? Jesus thinks of you as his friend. That's quite a description of relationship. That we can be friends with the Messiah. The one who walked on water, who raised the dead, who healed the lepers, gave sight to the blind, spit on, in mud, wiped dirty mud in a blind man's eyes, and he saw. Well, you see, um, the scientific theory is because of the trace minerals in the mud combined with the saliva activates a healing component in which the cornea and the three layers of the tear and the five layers of the cornea combined with the mud of the... No. No. There's no, I don't care how you try to scientifically explain it. There's no explanation. He is a miracle worker. And it's easier to serve God. Someone said, is that true? No, I was just, go, just playing. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know his master's business. You see, when you walk, God, walk with God and you serve God, he tells you about his business. He warns you of things that are yet to come. He warns you of things in other people's lives. He warns you about what's going on. You could see things that other people can't see. Amen? It says, because, because a servant does not know his master's business, instead I've called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit and fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. So as we become friends of God, we do not lose our servitude towards man. And the greater our friendship with God, the greater our servitude towards man. In fact, evidence that we are friends with God is that we serve one another. And Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the servant of all. And it's easier to serve God. Serving God takes way less energy because the anointing provides supernatural energy. Now, as you serve God, I've noticed that there have been times where I was so tired, so drained, didn't have any energy, and I did what God called me to do, and I felt a charge from the Holy Ghost, a supernatural surge a burst of energy, burst of joy that comes from obeying God. Amen? 
Serving God takes way less energy because the anointing provides supernatural energy. Let the church say. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that are that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Does this sound like it's harder to serve God? Look at what Jesus is saying. All you that are that labor and are heavy laden. You see, when we try to live our life without God, we get bogged down. We get stressed out. We get frustrated because we're trying to do it on our own. And God is saying, stop it. Stop it. I want you to come to me. I will give you rest. Take ye, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. See, if you are in a church and you feel that as you go to the church, you're just constantly burdened, you're constantly oppressed, you're constantly overwhelmed, it's because it's not operating within the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus said, where my spirit is, there is liberty. There are a lot of religions that they will force you in order for you to be saved. You have to ride around on a bike and knock on a certain amount of people's doors, houses. And if you don't meet your quota, you ain't going to heaven. If you don't meet your quota, if you don't fast a certain amount of days, you can't be right with God. If you don't give a certain amount of money, you can't be right with God. If you don't attend a certain... No, see, Jesus said, I come to give you rest. It's easier to serve God does not mean it won't be hard, does not mean it won't be challenging. But it'll be easier. The love of God will always leave us better than he found us. If we let him. Amen? God's love is not predatorial. Sometimes people present God's love as if it's predatorial. What do I mean by that? God does not force his love on anybody. The Holy Spirit does not force himself on anyone. The Holy Spirit, he is a gentleman. The Father, he is not going to force love. But he will leave us with it. And it will change us. Amen? 
It is true that we come to God as we are, but it's also true that God will leave us better than he found us. Some would say if we let him. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. They began to celebrate. I remember the first time I came into contact with the love of God. I was an atheist. I lived such a defiling, wicked, unclean life and I remember thinking that if God was real if he was real there's no way God would want anything to do with someone like me because I believe that I went too far that I had been I was too far gone that God would never want anything to do with someone like myself. I remember thinking that. And then I remember being exposed to the love of God for the first time in my life. I remember his presence. I remember the joy, the power, the peace the Shekinah glory. I remember his Holy Spirit baptizing me. I remember feeling him come inside of my soul and living with me. I remember him speaking to me. I remember him telling me that he loved me for the first time. And it changed me. It changed me. And one of the things that God clearly told me since I've been praying and fasting, is to tell the people that God loves you. Tell the people that God loves you. And tell them that you love them. So I love you guys. I really, really love you. And when I say I love this church, I'm talking about I love you guys. I really love you guys. God gave me the best of the best of the best. And for all you guys that are missing, don't think I forgot about you. I love you guys that are missing. I know you'll be back next Sunday. Amen. Pastor's not mad at you. Pastor loves you. God loves you. God's not mad at you. Ain't no one mad but the devil. Amen. And next Sunday, I'm going to see this place full. I said, fall to the brim. We got a good crowd now. I'm not mad about it. But I'm just saying, amen. Amen. God is good. 
knowing we have eternal rewards, eternal consequences makes it easier to serve God. Amen? Knowing we have eternal rewards or eternal consequences makes it easier to serve God. What are you saying? Heaven or hell? It ain't that deep. It's easier. Oh, let's see. Should I serve God and go to heaven or serve the devil and go to hell? You know, I don't know. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Eternal darkness. Torture for eternity. Or streets of gold. You know, I'm going to have to pray about this one. I just, I'm not sure. You know, you don't need counsel for that one. Matthew 25, 21 says, For his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. Folks, you know last Sunday's message was trusted by God. Why is it easier to serve God? Because as you serve God, he begins to trust you. As he begins to trust you, he begins to entrust to you as he trusts you. And as he entrusts to you, you become more blessed. He starts to equip you in many areas of your life because you've been proven to be trustworthy. Amen? In Matthew 6, 20, it says, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths or vermin do not destroy and where the thieves do not break in and steal. Praise God. All right, those that are at the altar, I'm going to ask that you raise your hand unto the Lord. And I'm going to release a prayer directed at you in Jesus' name. Raise your hands as high as you can raise them. And we're going to pray in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray for a flow of the Holy Ghost right now. Father God, I pray that you direct your power, direct everything within the kingdom of heaven. Aim now right at those that are at this altar. Father God, I pray that you open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that they don't have room to receive. Father God, I pray for healing in every area of their life. See, we can easily hear something or see something that we don't like, that we would do differently, and then because of our offense, we choke out the potential of what God was going to do. We never see it. We never get the healing. We never get deliverance. We never get the miracle because we don't even give God room to operate because of our logic, our intelligence, our pride, our ego. And then the interesting thing was this, is that the servant, the servant of Naaman, he was in a position, a very interesting position. I'm not talking about what happened in the end. I'm talking about at this point. Because he, the servant could have been like, Naaman, you're right. Who is this false prophet 
who thinks he's holier than thou, that he won't even come out to greet you. Naaman, you know what? I'm sorry that I brought you here in the first place. You see, he could have attacked the man of God and defended Naaman. This is, it was, he was a servant of Naaman. He, he could have said, you know what? I apologize. The, the prophet's having an off day. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's beside himself. He's on an ego trip. He thinks he's so great that he can't even come out and meet you the way that we think he ought to do. Crazy false prophet. That's why I don't go to all these prophets. He could have, couldn't he have said that? And, and how many of us, if we were the servant of Naaman, would have said that? Because how do you know? It wasn't, I don't think in my understanding it was totally wrong for Naaman to be angry that Elijah couldn't even bother his important prophet self to go out and greet him. That seems like the minimum courtesy. And a lot of times we miss God. We miss God. We never tap in to what God had. But instead, the story proceeds that the servant, instead of rebuking the man of God, he instantly sided with the man of God. He immediately sided with the man of God, and he rebuked his master and said, if he would have told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? Go take your leper self and dip in that Jordan River seven times and get your healing. And a lot of times we're in all kinds of positions very similar where we have a chance to get God or miss God. What happens is to block that fire from spreading, you have to put it on every firewall. And in that fire damper, there is like a metal filament, which the moment that it gets too hot, it releases a spring-loaded like garage door thing that closes, right? And it, so even if a little bit of fire goes through, it eventually cuts it off and it dampens or stops the spreading of fire. As a child of God, you're going to learn that the enemy, Lucifer, will try to put fire dampers in your life to stop you from spreading the fire of God to people around you and stop other people around you from spreading the fire to you. Why? Because the fire, it purges. Amen. It purifies. Jesus Christ. Father so, God, I thank you that you're saving souls. I thank you that you're baptizing with fire, baptizing with the Holy Ghost, baptizing into the kingdom of God, baptizing with new purpose, baptizing with new tongues, baptizing with new power in Jesus' name. I thank you.
you're watching this and you're deciding, um, should you serve God? Does God have more for me? Even if you might find yourself believing that you're serving God, but you're living a double mind, you're straddling the fence, you're going back and forth, you're not really fully committed. I got to tell you, it's better with God. I, I've lived on the side of evil. I know what it's like to be have a heart full of hatred, greed, uh, you know, sinful life. And I got to tell you, it's better with God. You know, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If you get right with God, God has things that you cannot imagine. But I want to ask you, uh, just repeat after me. Father God, Father I'm God, asking you now asking to come into my heart. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins right now. I want to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm believing that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, that he paid the price that I could not pay. I plead the blood of Jesus over me, and I'm asking that Jesus Christ would now be my new Lord and Savior. I believe that he died on the cross, rose again three days later because he loved me. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you've prayed that prayer and have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is done. Now you have to ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit yes. so he could lead you, guide you, and comfort you yes. in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. church and the address. We have enough time to get that in. It's Strongsville Christian Church, Pentecostal. It's in 19132 Temple Drive, and that's in Strongsville, Ohio. It's off of a main road. Most people know Pearl Road. Right. And when are your service times? Uh, we have service times Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday at 11 a.m. And if for some reason you're not able to physically come, we do live stream every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and uh, Sunday at 11 a.m. And you could just go to Strongsville Christian Church uh, Facebook and you'll be able to catch that. This message has been brought to you by Cleveland Optical. Check out clevelandoptical.org.